Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. It's that time of the week again when you join Dan Kennedy and myself, Mark Rogandino, here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Yes, our podcast with everything LAFC and LA Galaxy and the rest of Major League Soccer and, and the world of soccer uh, goes on right here each and every week. Uh, this week we got uh, plenty of exciting stuff coming your way, but let's start by me connecting with my guy, Dan Kennedy, DK. Uh, always good to Rose, be back. What's on up, brother? How was the weekend? Oh, dude, it was epic. Weather's back to uh, oh. SoCal uh, norms. Spent some time at Sea Legs. Have you ever been to Sea Legs down there on Bolsa Chica? No, um, I'm assuming it's good for the kids, it's, right? It's sweet. Sweet little Sunday setup, uh, live music, and it's like gated into, I mean, it's on the beach, and they have a little fence set up so you can just let your kids run wild and music and a couple adult beverages, breakfast burrito is perfect. You know, for for those that don't live in Southern California and they, <laughs> and they catch us here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network, they probably think, "Oh, you guys always have it super nice out there." It's been see how I went into my so southern, far, see how I went into my Southern California voice right there. Yeah, bro, um, yeah, it's so nice out there, dude. Uh, but 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 literally, I felt like this last weekend was the first weekend where you know it got over, it got into the seventies, it was all sunny and nice, and the kids were out, and the you know the mommies were out, and it was like, it was like, yeah, this is this. All right, here we go. We're back from all this wet weather. Am yeah, I right? It yeah, it was good. It was good. It led to uh, the the weather led to me watching some of these games uh, recorded rather than live. But um, yeah, it was it was a good weekend. How about uh, you, buddy? Games, How about you? You, I mean, my, spring break. Hey, mine was fabulous. The, the spring break edition of obviously of, of of last week's pod was 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 really good. I thought. I thought you and I just carried the show. Um, but you know, it was uh, it was good. I got my kids up on skis for the first time for my little guy. He's only five and a half. And hey, I'll tell you what. Anyone out there listening for next season, if you're going to put your kids on skis or snowboards for their first time ever, do yourself a favor, drop a couple extra bucks, and put them in a private lesson to start the day. Oh, I put yeah. my kid, my son in there. He was with his sister, eight year old for three hours with an instructor, just the two of them. By the time my wife and I came back, he was already ready to ride the chairlift, go up and come, and come straight down the, all the, all the little bunny slopes. And he's five. Never yeah, even been on, on, never even been on skis. I was like, this is perfect. That's awesome. Uh, let's, you want to talk a little soccer? Let's talk some soccer. All right. Let's start with, let's start with Friday night. Cause that was what kicked off uh, week six in major league soccer. And, um, yeah, the Galaxy going up there to Vancouver. I think we both knew that Vancouver. They're in a bad they place, try, man. Yeah, they were, they, and they were going to try and scrap and do everything that they could to just make sure if they at least got a point at home. Uh, and they did it for 45 minutes. Actually, they did it for over an hour until Steris gets the goal just after the hour mark. But this, for me, from a Galaxy perspective, this is a good win for them, not because of the opponent and, and who they are, but the fact that they go on the road, they keep a shutout, um, I, I think that's a good thing for, for Skeloto and this group. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, th- this team, funny enough, under Curtinolfo, um, under Ziggy, they had more success on the road than necessarily they had at home. Um, that's true. Uh-huh. And, and, 
you know, it, it, but talking about momentum and, and, and taking advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you, when you go on a ro- on the road early in the season, teams just ha- aren't clicking yet. And I mean, that's exactly what's happening to Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, new coach, and they just haven't found any consistent form. I think they have a, a decent, a decent squad. They get a opportunity, they get a, a penalty kick in the opening, uh, in the opening quarter of the game. And they don't convert on what was an attempted Paneka or, or, or poorly attempted penalty. And uh, Bingham comes up with a, a relatively simple but very important save. And they just continue to kind of ride with it. And then it puts Vancouver in the situation where it's like, man, whatever can go wrong has gone wrong. I think, uh, and I, I, you know, you're always waiting for someone to make that type of save on the on the cheeky little penalty like right. that, right? right. You, you're waiting for the goalkeeper who's not going to anticipate where the ball is going, but stand ground firmly and just be like, "Oh, I got this. This is easy, right?" Um, <laughs> but but uh, you know, it looks like Skelotto has really settled in on what his lineup is. And if you go back, hey Dan Kennedy, you heard it here first. If you go back, probably to like our third, maybe fourth podcast here on Believe. Uh, somebody on this group, and it wasn't you, said, why don't they put Romney and Starris together in, in the two hot center rod, spots? Hot Rod and Starris. Well, yeah, it's it's tricky when you bring in a new signing, and the expectation is that that signing is going to is gonna lock down uh, this, you know, the central defending spot for you. And then, you know, after a couple weeks, you're looking down, and all the goals that you've given up have, have, have come through uh, that player. And then you have the opportunity uh, to rest them because of an injury or knock or a suspension. And now it's Polenta who's going to be looking outside in because I thought Stairs came in and, and did did a really a really good job. Um, keep it, you know, just keeping it simple. And 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 that's where Diego Polenta's got himself into trouble is he's trying to um he's just trying to overdo it a little bit got stuck with back passes that have been picked off and uh and and in dallas he got stuck with a high cleat that led to a penalty kick right and these are as a center back coming into a team with this much firepower on the offensive side uh you don't have to make the game like just just keep simple do your job and 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 clear clear the box and that's exactly what hot rod uh dave romney did Hey, DK, forget Steris keeping it simple at the back. He scored the game winner. No big deal. Steady no Eddie, man. Deal, right? I'm telling you, he's back. Like he, yeah. he he was called into question under both uh um well Ziggy, he, he just kind of fell out of favor, and it was largely after Kurt Anolfo had had put him on the bench. And um he just never really found his form. And uh to me, I mean I tweeted it out, out after the game. I mean, yeah, he scored the goal, which is great. Like that's cherry on top, but it's it's what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball um, that that's exceeding the expectations. I think probably for from from everybody at the club that they're, they're excited that they're getting a heck of a lot more out of Daniel Sarris than they have the past couple seasons since Bruce Arena was there, and he looks back to be in form and at his best. And um, if he keeps this run going, he'll he'll have a you know his name will be in the hat for the All Star game. Uh, you, I thought one of the moments of the match actually came uh, after the final whistle. Uh, Mark Dos Santos, I've had the chance to, to get, I've had the chance to get to know him actually because he was an assistant with Bob Bradley last season in my coverage of LAFC. But, uh, and I'm sure this has happened to many people, but it made for a great meme. I know you know where I'm going with this. He, go, he goes to shake the hand of Guillermo 
Barrel Scalotto, but yeah. instead he reaches out it's for Gustavo, Gustavo right? Yeah. It's Gustavo who kind of taps him and looks over and points and like, uh, no, that's, uh, my that's, brother's, that's the head coach. My brother, he's the head coach hermano, right over there. Mi hermano, uh, <laughs> es, es, uh, allá. No, mi hermano está en el lado ahí, yeah, right? <laughs> but I, 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 I would say, I, I actually, I think I recall when Guille was in uh, Columbus playing for the crew, I think I made that mistake like one of the very first times and of course right. you know i mean my spanish is halfway decent so i went up and started started rattling off some spanish and he was like no soy gustavo <laughs> and i was like what i didn't because i didn't even hard they are to tell apart literally i didn't even know i didn't even know he had a, had a twin brother at that time you know they're yeah, twins I it, right i guess, it, I guess it, yeah they're twins they i guess it kind of makes it easy if you're in the locker room you just kind of sit back and say well I'm, I'm not even really sure who the head coach is but this is this is working out just fine <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, So the Galaxy get a 2-0 win. Um, Let's move over to Saturday then. And it was a... Early West Coast, early West Coast start time for LAFC and DC United. Uh, noon is when that one got underway. Pacific time, three o'clock out there inside Audi Field. Uh, I, I did not see this coming, Dan. No one I, saw I, this I, coming, bro. It's not four I, nothing at DC. No not one. three nothing at halftime. Right, right. I mean, it was a, it was the most dominant forty-five minutes by LAFC maybe ever. Well, the thing here for me was interesting is that. They did a lot of counter punching in this game, and and DC is used to being able to possess a little bit. Teams sitting back, LAFC got out of their comfort zone, was willing to pressure a little bit, and that pressure continued to pay off in in terms of opportunities um, against DC United. And and the first goal, it was all Diamande um, just tracking and running and and being willing to put in the work to disrupt the the DC possession. And sure enough, near it mid, does near midfield, right? Right. He, he kind right. of disrupts things and sends it forward for. Vela. Yeah. And then Vela and Rossi's connection this game was superb, man. They were just on the same page. Uh, it could have gone either way for me. You said, talking about counterpunching, uh, I thought, yes, no question as I was watching it unfold. I'd say the first 10 minutes, DC was certainly out on the front foot. And I was right. thinking, okay, LAFC is going to have to be backed into their own half a little bit. They're going to have to kind of take a few, to use a boxing analogy, take a couple jabs across the chin and then see if they can get out and maybe disrupt things and get out on the counter attacking opportunities. But I thought as soon as, right, like right when the penalty came, the opportunity for LAFC to get the penalty, all of a sudden the tide switched. And which is ironic for me, Dan, because the fact that Vela doesn't score on the penalty, right? It it, it gets saved by Bill Hamid, and then right. and then right, he's right back up, and he hits it off the post, and then it goes right. out of bounds. Yeah, three. A lot of times, point. yeah, and a, but a lot of times, and you can vouch for a lot of times, the team that didn't score, their heads are the ones that dips and goes, oh no, man, we had a chance to take a lead right there, and we didn't. Right. Well, and you know, I was thinking about the demeanor of Vela after this play, and you you could just tell he's a, he's a player that's playing with no pressure, right? He's in such good form and such a good place where he just kind of almost smiles. Like, are you like, how, how, how? And it, and it just didn't seem like a big deal. And that's where you get this heads drop um, impact is, you know, if it deflates the player, then it deflates the team and it's a bit of a snowball effect. And, it just felt like Vela was like, oh, my God, that's just ridiculous that I dropped, that I missed that opportunity. But whatever, we're going to get on with it. And that's that's exactly what they did. They didn't hold him back at all. And you thought maybe Bill Hamid was going to take over the game and, and he became irre- irrelevant. 
Yeah, and I've said this before here in our conversations and to people outside of, of, of listening to our podcast, Carlos Vela's favorite sport is basketball. And and so I think what you're talking about, how he smiles and he just kind of lets that one, he missed the PK, he lets it go by, and then it's literally three and a half minutes later, he scores another wonder goal with his left foot, which by the way, oh, I don't know why goal, Bill man. Hamid, I don't know why Bill Hamid is leaning into the near post. Everyone right. in the world knows that, and, that Vela, when he puts it on the left foot, he's going to hit that and- swinging curving ball into the up toward the upper corner. And if you watch the replay from behind the goal, Hamid is leaning in on his left foot thinking, oh, he's going to try and go to the near post. And the defenders there were blocking the near post. Yeah, and if I was a coach um, or a player prepping for a game against LAFC, I mean, I would just be like, listen, you just drive him to his right foot. I don't care what the situation is. Like, it, it should always be forced – Vela to his right foot and stand on his left foot and don't let him take that space. And no question, um, it's easy, easier said than done, but that's where you set up, you know, it has to be, he's so good. One V one. It has to be a situation in which the first defender slows him down, steps really strong on the left foot. And then there has to be immediate help. It's the only way you can deal with them. Well, and, and, and Dan, isn't it, if you're the goalkeeper back there, you, you, it's like shade defending, right? When you, when, for example, when a team plays out of the back and they play out to one of their outside backs, right? You want the forward almost making a bend run to defend, right? So, right. so that you're, you're pinching them into the sideline right. and it should be the, it should be the same thing with Vela, right? When he gets the ball, you should making, you're almost making an arcing run to make sure you get outside that left foot. So he's got no, he's got nowhere. The only way he right. can go is to try and drag it across his body to his right foot. Yet he still, you know, he's one of those players who Preki used to do it too. Right. He still finds a way to. It seems to be lefties, onto his left man. foot. It, 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 for whatever reason, it seems to be lefties have this uh, ability to to really um, open open up space in in the game and stand on the ball just a little bit differently. And it's a mismatch, you know. As a defender, you're just time and time again used to players being right foot being their strong foot and it, it just it's it switches the it, it switches your approach um and Vela no one does it better than Vela right now that's for sure uh 52nd minute Wayne Rooney loses Oof. the ball in the in the midfield and then lunges to try and get to it and his there's no question the bottom of his cleat goes into the calf <laughs> into the calf Dude, of Diego Rossi no, no but, question but but, but 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 Rossi also does go down like a ton of bricks and, yeah, but that, uh, I mean, it, what, this what is, was this originally called touch okay, and tackle. Break it right? down for me, brother. Break it no, down. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I, I, this is just a touch and tackle play, man. Touch the ball gets away from you in, inadvertently, and and you just go to to try to get something. You're down a little bit, and man, it was an ugly challenge, Mark. It wasn't go down as a ton of bricks, whatever. Uh, you see that replay, and it, I mean, it's just studs to the inside of the calf and shin area. For me, it was as it was. I, I can't. I was actually surprised the ref had to go to VAR, but this is kind of one of those um, defense mechanisms. Now the refs just don't want to make take a chance on any call, so they just revert to the to the VAR. It was a clear, in my mind, clear red card. Right when I saw it, I thought I thought it was a red card. See, that's that's why we both are on the podcast because I didn't, and I and obviously I cover LAFC. I thought I thought the referee. Uh, I thought he could have gotten away with just just showing a yellow there. And did you see the replay on that? I did. I did, but I and I know he got. I, I know he got him. But to me, it wasn't like a. 
It wasn't like a straight in the, you know, loose ball over the top of the ball in the middle part of the, yeah, like and it wasn't, it, I don't it, even think it was, it was to me, it was to me, it was leaving your feet and lunging and your toe, your toe is up, but he's not like trying to crunch him in the ankles. You're right. I don't think the intent was there. I don't think it was an intentional, like I'm going to kill, I'm going to just go in for the kill on this tackle. But it was the 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 point of contact on the leg with the bottom of the cleats. The way the game is called today, it, it's letter simple. of the law, easy. letter of the law, easy red card. Um, yeah. And it and it it's one of those that it happens, and you're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> you know, it's, a shit, it's just a shitty red card. Okay, because in and and then there's, I mean, really, but actually, DC United played better as soon as Rooney went off. Right. All of a sudden they got they got some chances and they started actually getting a couple of, you know, looks around the LAFC goal. Not they didn't have any earlier, but I thought their flow was much better. But you you could also argue that, hey, that's that's then the time that LAFC backs off. They're like, we're up a man, we're up three, you know, let's just let's just see this thing out. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, they I mean, that that game just had a bit of fireworks and this F- LAFC team they just don't seem to, I mean, yeah, seeing games out is going to be an important next step for them. And I think they're actually grasping it this season where the last season it was a troublesome form, but they, their, their, their belief is growing and you can see that like Mark Anthony keg and again, work in midfield, turn a ball over. And then the Rossies and Vela's uh, just explode into the attack. And that's where, you know, you from going to good to great in my mind, if you're a team that's going to go from good to great, you build on this momentum, and the and the momentum creates this belief that that allows you to take it to the next step, the next level, the next step is like the entire team just feels like if they really com- compete and commit to it, they can go score three, four goals a game. Doesn't matter who it's against, and that's that's how you get to be coming from from good to great. Best team in MLS right now. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. That that okay. that that win um, in DC. Uh, was a was a real gritty tough place to go and play and get a result and um, they did it in style. You know, Dan. One other note uh, on the four nothing win for LAFC. While it's Vela and Rossi that get all the pub because they're scoring the goals and rightfully so. I mean, they have been the best Batman and and Robin tandem probably in MLS so far this season. Uh, You know, there's one guy who is flying under the radar and that's Eddie Segura, who is sitting next to Walker Zimmerman at the center back spot. First season in major league soccer, young Colombian center back. No one's giving him much attention, but he is covering a lot of ground. He's doing a lot of the dirty work, and he's also being really safe and sound at the back, not making mistakes. And so we just talked about it with Diego Palunta in the galaxy. I mean, he comes in a bit flamboyant on the field. Uh, you can tell he's a confident player, but it leads to a few mistakes. And now you're asking questions and you switch the script. And to, and to your point, he's come in, filled a role and he's just doing his job. And that's, I mean, that that's the most important thing. Like, okay, let's get up to speed with this league. Uh, we're on a, we're on a very, you know, a very good team. Um, I need to just kind of do my job and not bring too much attention to myself. And if I do that, then uh, it, it's going to it's going to bode really well for me in my in my inaugural season in Major League Soccer. And he's done just that. Um, all right. So four nothing win for LAFC, two nothing win 
for the LA Galaxy. We both uh, had some correct picks, which we'll go over a little bit later on here in the podcast. Special we'll also look ahead. Yes, that's right. And we'll also look ahead to uh, the matchups coming up on the weekend for both of these Southern California MLS teams. But... Now we turn our attention. Yeah, that that guest chair here on the on the Believe Sports Podcast Network was was getting a little lonely since it was just you and I last week. But by the <laughs> way, like I said, I mean it was it was fantastic. I, I the, the the rave reviews have just been flying in all over. We were blowing up Twitter, by the way. Um, yeah. So uh, you want to tell them who our yeah? Let's just uh, be let's, let's just welcome on our special guest here. Give it a minute. And it's with great pleasure that Dan Kennedy and I welcome uh, one of the best to ever do it without question, whether it was one for of, club on, or co- whether it was for club <laughs> or country, uh, one a Southern California native too, which fits him right into our group right here, DK. Uh, none other than Landon Timothy Donovan joining us here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Uh, Landon, of course. Awesome to chat with you. Um, how's life, man? You got a lot going when we thought you were just enjoying <laughs> retirement. Yeah, that's an understatement. I've got a a full-time job now, which is being a father of three kids, and I have a sort of part-time job of playing soccer again. So there's a lot going on, but it's a lot of fun. Hey, from from two fathers of two over here, I can't believe you went for the third. Yeah, we're not the smartest two people in the world, my (laughs) wife and I, but uh, we're making it work somehow. Well, we, we, we continue, my wife and I continue to have this conversation that we're like, you know what? Someone's missing. Someone's missing. Oh, and everyone, every, everyone, everyone we talk to with three kids is like, man, you better think long and hard. You better think long and hard. Yep. Well, put, and think long and hard because two might become four if you're not careful. So. Well, yeah, I was going to say, careful. so put this, put, this, put this to bed real quick. I always thought that I always say to my friends who have one and then they want to go for two, I go, okay, it's, two is awesome, but it is a game changer, especially if they're both young. Is it, is yeah. it then easier when you get to three or is it, does it even get harder than two? In some ways it's easier. Uh, we did, so ours are all about 16 months apart. So it's, it's, there are days where um, if there was a noose in the house, it'd probably be easier just to hang yourself. <laughs> but most of the time now our two olders are boys, and they're starting to get to a point now where they can actually go outside right. and play together for a half right. hour, an hour, so you get some time to chill. So I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, the baby is only three and a half months. So as she gets a little better, sleeps a little better, I can see where it gets really fun. It's just there are certainly days where you question it. No question. Yeah. You're in it. You're in it. How, so how's the, give us, give us the, uh, update on how the soccer bits going for you. Um, it's just been really fun. I, I haven't, I said to someone a week ago, I haven't had this much fun playing soccer in probably a decade or so. Um, you know, the end of my career with the galaxy, obviously there were days that are enjoyable games that are enjoyable, but I didn't have, this level of fun at the end of my career. And the biggest reason is because I, I'm playing without pressure. I'm right. just going out, having fun. I don't, I mean, I want to win. I'm competitive, but I'm not so concerned about eating the right thing every second or spending every second with my feet up when I'm at home or right. I'm just enjoying it and going out and playing every day. And it's been really fun. Yeah, so this is actually rogues. This is uh, important for for folks to understand. LD, LD was when he was when we played for a short period of time on the Galaxy together. He he was one of the only guys that that would beat me into the locker room, and and Landon, uh, Matt, 
massive amount of respect. I know you probably only scored one or two goals on me in your career, but um, a big part <laughs> we'll get, of his we'll get to big, that in a little bit. I a can't big wait. Part, a big part of his success is because he was the most committed guy, and, and not it, like his talent speaks for itself. But there's a reason why he was that talented. And I always saw like Landon dealt with other like pressures that guys like me never had to deal with in terms of expectation and, and people um, wanting more and needing more from, from him. So LD, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're out there. You're out there having it, having a good time, man. I appreciate that. And I, I always say to people, you know, people who are coming up in the game or people who are, have potential success isn't an accident, right? Like people look at LeBron James and they say, well, he's so athletic and he's so this, and yeah, but, he always he also works really hard to be the best at what he does. And if you think that just because you have talent, you're going to be the best player, it just doesn't work that way. And part of being the best is being solely committed to what you're doing. And that, that becomes exhausting. That becomes, that becomes hard over time. So, and, and you know it well, Dan, and it's, it's hard to do that day after day after day, year after year after year. And it takes a little bit of the fun away because you're, you're so focused on trying to be successful. Yeah. And I, you, you, uh, you retired before me and realized, you know, kind of the, the freedom you get from retirement. And then you, you came back to the game with a different perspective. And, and what I didn't realize when I retired, I didn't realize how much I actually put into the game. Um, I, I I didn't realize how like fully committed I was, how 24 hours a day I was focused. Like if you're injured and you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, it's hard to go back to sleep because you're thinking about your injury type of thing. And so quality of life, um, as a non-athlete is far greater with that said, there's these aspects of being an athlete that you just cannot duplicate and without competing. And so that's what I, that's what you miss. And that, but, um, it sounds like all the guys, even Jermaine Jones, like going in and, and doing what you're doing, having, just having a good time playing soccer again, Dwayne Day Rosario is doing it again. Um, and then my man, Craig Childs, this guy was, was my teammate on Chiefs <laughs> USA when we were scrounging on the developmental contracts. And, and this guy always had the most unbelievable shot and was so good and small sided. He was like the first pick and small sided but he didn't have the engine to make it on a big, on a, on the big field. And so he never Precky would never bring him into the lineup. Right. He is the, he is the epitome of a great indoor player. Right. The guy just scores goals and it's really fun to watch. Um, you know, we've been around, we've been around guys who, for whatever reason, they get in front of the goal and they, they just know where to put the ball. Mike McGee was kind of like right. that. He just, right. if he got in front of the goal in the right spot, you knew it was going to hit the net. And Craig Childs is like that. He's He's been a San Diego Soccer's player for, I think, over a decade. He's a club legend, and, and it's it's been a true joy to play with him. That's cool. That's there, cool. There, there, there's a long line of, of great goal scorers that has come through that club, and, and, and Childs is putting his name up there with greats. Uh, I'm dating myself here, but back in the days of Julie V and Bronco Segoda and Steve Jungle, and then, and then Craig Childs comes along. Uh, but, but, you know, you kind of made a, a good statement, Landon, about how he is the epitome of what an indoor player is. And, and take us through how that transition has been, because I have always said from a guy who came up watching the San Diego Soccers and my first jobs calling games were indoor and then going to, to Major League Soccer, I think it's 
an easier transition to be a good technical indoor player and go to the outdoor game as far as knowing how to do things in space. But going from the outdoor game and learning to use the boards and do things that much quicker is a tough thing to learn. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's taken me all of my six or seven or eight games played to get even close to feeling comfortable with the game now. I'm still learning a lot. Um, the analogy I use often is uh, it's like playing tennis versus ping pong. And you think mm-hmm. of them as kind of similar where you're using your hand, you're hitting a ball, you're swinging the same way, but the games are very different if you've played both of those sports. So that's sort of the analogy I use. It's, um, it's, it's mentally exhausting because you're coming on and off the field constantly but even when you're off the field, you're paying attention to what's going on on the field because you might need to jump on if there's a free kick or a power play or the guy you're subbing with needs to come off quickly. So you're for, for those 60 minutes, you are really, really tuned in, whereas the outdoor game, the ball goes out of bounds for a goal kick or for a throw in. You get 20 or 30 seconds where you can kind of relax and, and let yourself let your guard down for a second. But in the indoor game, it is constant. And you've got to be alert and ready at all times. So that part of it is an adjustment. Obviously, the angles off the boards and learning all the different rules, all that stuff is an adjustment, too. But it's not easy. And and I think going indoor to outdoor is is much easier than going outdoor to indoor. Just real quick to, to, to finish up this part of the conversation. So are they are you in on the power play? Are you in on the penalty kill? Uh, what What's your role in some of the free kick situations? Well, you guys watched my career. I don't defend well, so I'm not on the penalty kill. Um, but I thought your I, speed, uh, I thought your speed maybe and the ability to get out when it's five versus four might have been a good asset there. I mean, I would be up for it if they wanted, but there are guys who are very good at it and they understand. They understand. I mean, it is, it's two minutes basically of just pure defending, which anybody who's played soccer, two minutes of just straight defending is very hard. So uh, it's, it's intense. I am on the power play. One of the first things they told me when I got there was that their power play for whatever reason is really bad. They have the most goals in the league, but they're one of the worst power. Actually, they were the worst power play team in the league, which huh. didn't make sense to me. Uh, until I figured out that they weren't practicing it a lot. And like I just said, success isn't an accident, right? So you got to practice these things. So I, I, it was kind of a joke at first, every day I'd say, are we going to do power play? Cause I want to be on the power right. play. It's fun. Right. And everyone would kind of laugh, and then they would reluctantly do it. But now um, we've kind of figured out through practicing and putting people in different positions what works. So our power play now is very good. I think we've had we've scored 10 out of our last 11, which is, is really hard to do. Uh, and then the free kicks are interesting because you get these dead ball free kicks at the top of the box, and there are a few different like movements that basically all teams do. So you get an opportunity to, to get a chance out of that, which I'm on too, which is also fun. Uh, and just to put it all full circle, I, and having had conversations with you before, uh, I would imagine that part of the allure of coming and playing for this team, the San Diego Soccers, uh, in the MASL was also, as you said, your boys are getting a little bit older and how much fun it must be as a dad and, and, and you know, for your wife that you get to have these young ones come out and they see dad out on the field doing what he's doing. It's a blast. So we had, they've been to one game because the other ones are too late at night, but they came to a Sunday 5 p.m. game. And as we were starting to kick off the first kick of the game, I looked over and 
both of my boys were standing on top of the boards, literally like you know, inches. <laughs> they could fall over the board, standing there, clapping and cheering. And I've never seen their faces like that. And I just had the biggest smile on my face. I mean, the outdoor game, you can't do that, right? You're never right. that close to the mm-hmm. stadium. But the indoor game, if the ball had bounced over there, I would have hit them, right? right. So um gave me a little bit of anxiety. But then also it was so exciting to see them there. They just had the best time. It's been awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the outdoor game. Uh, how much have you been able to to kind of keep one eye on Major League Soccer and in particular, you know, your former club in the Galaxy and, and the explosion into MLS that LAFC has brought to the landscape? Yeah, I pay a decent amount of attention. Again, with the three kids, it's hard to be fully engaged all the time. But I've obviously seen the good start for both LAFC and the Galaxy, which I think is great for the league, great for the city. Right. Um, it's been fun to watch, and I think LAFC have made the Galaxy better. I think the Galaxy have been forced to be better because of it, and I think that's good for everybody. LD, I mean, I mean, they're just kind of LAFC. It reminds me of when Man City um, got new ownership, and and Fergie called them the noisy neighbors. You know, like uh-huh. this not not quite the history there, but they've they've burst onto the scene and. I mean, I, I to today I think they're the best. LAFC is the best team in the league. Obviously, there's a, it's it's early days, but uh, the 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 squad that Thorington and Bob Bradley have set up um, is is deep and dynamic, and um, Carlos Vela has yep. wor- worked out better than um, I I anticipated. Um, you look back across at the Galaxy that you know so well, and um, been a turbulent couple years since since Bruce left, and now it does feel like they're 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 pulling it uh, together. Um, what do you? I mean, how do you kind of gauge the success of the Galaxy and and then bringing in Ibra and getting to watch Ibra play and just his presence at the club? And I mean, I, I'm just curious to get your perspective on on Ibra and and being a, a member of the Galaxy. The Man U analogy is is good and I think accurate with Man City and Man U. Um, and it's a little bit like after Moyes, or uh, sorry, Sir Alex Ferguson left Man United. Right. There's always, it seems that there's always an adjustment period. Right. And it's it's not easy to just pick up. Bruce was such an integral part of all the success that the Galaxy had over the past decade mm-hmm. that you lose him, and it's not easy to just pick up where you left off and keep being successful. So there was always going to be an adjustment period. Uh, the timing was probably not great with LAFC coming in and doing such a great job. But the, the two things that both organizations have, uh, they have great ownership. So they have people who are committed, who are willing to spend the resources needed. And then they have great leadership throughout Dan Beckerman, uh, the galaxy and Chris Klein, John Thorrington with LAFC and Bob Bradley. And now it seems like, um, Escaloto has done a good job sort of riding the ship. So, when you have those starting points, you're always going to be competitive. And then Ibra, I think Ibra and Vela both have worked out better than most would have expected. Vela, you just didn't know what to expect. Ibra was coming off an injury. So I think it's been really impressive to see those two really engaged and wanting to make their teams um, successful and relevant. And they've both done so, and it's going to be really exciting when, when they face each other. Have you have you gotten to uh, Dignity Sports Health Park this season? I have not. You got 
We got or it, bank or, in California, or bank in California for that matter. Over the last, yeah, that's, a, you know, that's actually now. a great question. Have you have you been have you been there for a game yet? I went to one last year, yes, um, which was great, and it, it's fun to see every new team now come in with the same um, ferociousness and anticipation and excitement in their fan bases that a lot of the, the uh, I'll call them older original MLS teams have had. Think of right. the Screaming Eagles with DC and ACB and the Riot Squad with the Galaxy and in Salt Lake, what, what they've always had. So it's good to see the fan culture continue to grow. That's what I think separates soccer from every other sport in this country is when you go to a game, it's addictive because you go watch an NFL game or a baseball game or a basketball game, people kind of sit there. And if there's a slam dunk or a home run, people cheer in soccer, it's 90 minutes of excitement and energy throughout the stadium. No matter what's going on on the field, you just feel that energy and it's palpable. And that makes you want to be a part of it. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and LA, LAFC have, have, have captured a little bit of that in a bottle. I mean, I, I didn't, anticipate that their fan their fandom their support their, that culture was going to be there so immediately um it's it's I, when you look at seattle and portland those are unique um markets with long history long history with their club soccer you know that predated at major league soccer and um lafc was just uh yeah it's it, for me it's almost even an, an anomaly in itself like to be in a big city like la and, and have that kind of support is um, it, it definitely, I didn't anticipate seeing, seeing it this quickly. Um, Landon, I, the, one of the, one of the players for the galaxy effort Alvarez, the young kid that's come on and just kind of, he's, he's taken his chances. Um, I don't know how much you've, you've, you've seen him play, but if, if you have just to get your, get your thoughts and opinion on where he's at and how the club can help him develop. Well, I think it's, important for the galaxy to continue to integrate some of their academy products because and it's important for every mls club there are still too many i think that are getting away and if you provide an opportunity for them to play if you provide the financial piece that makes them want to stay um there's no reason why a lot of these players should or need to go to europe now everybody's different if a player is set on going to Mexico or going to Europe, you're not going to stop them. But we shouldn't, as a as an organization, the Galaxy, and as a league, we shouldn't be losing players um, if, if they do actually want to be in L.A. So that's really important. It's great to see him getting a chance. It's good to see um, the organization giving him minutes and giving him a chance. Because at the end of the day, you know this, there's a ton of soccer talent in the Southern California area. So there's no reason why some of those players shouldn't be playing for LAFC or the LA galaxy, or even in orange County for USL team or uh, somewhere in the States that makes sense for them. And we need to make sure we keep getting that part, right? I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Switching gears a little bit here, Landon, as we, as we, uh, again, appreciate your time here uh, on the belief sports podcast network, you know, after you guys have a great record, by the way, with the San Diego Soccers right now, and, and certainly appear to be the number one seed in that league as you're heading in the next next week or two uh, toward the playoff run. Uh, but once this finishes, 
could an MLS team come calling to have your services for the rest of the summer, or, or is it maybe in, back into the broadcast booth? What's next for Landon Donovan? <laughs> Uh, I, I laugh because I've said so many times, no, I'm done. I'm not doing that. So <laughs> I need to just shut my mouth and not, not say anything. I don't know, man. I, I, I make no one listens to our them. podcast anyway, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I, uh, I live my life and make decisions based on a few principles. One, is it going to make me happy? Two, is it good for me and my family? Three, um, if, if applicable is the financial component makes sense for me and my family. So you never say never. Um, but I'm getting older, right. And it's not, uh, it's not easy. So I, I got to make sure that, uh, if that situation were to arise, that it, it was the right opportunity. I love you, it. You know, you know, love you it. know, Stu would, Stu would probably welcome you with open arms to come back there in the broadcast booth with him. I mean, look how good, look, look at everything that guy's doing right now. Well, I think he's doing just fine. He doesn't need me to get in the way. He's doing great. <laughs> he is doing a good job. Uh, Landon, super, super excited to have you on. Appreciate you taking a little bit of time. Um, and uh, best best of luck with the San Diego Soccers as you guys head toward a playoff run. Uh, from a guy who, who grew up there in San Diego watching those banners go up in the then San Diego Sports Arena and now the, uh, what is it, the Pachanga Arena down there in San Diego, uh, I hope you're able to, to have a big role and, and play a part in adding another one to the rafters down there in San Diego. I appreciate it. And for people who don't know, you know, I, I – I wasn't aware of the indoor game growing up. Um, it's really fun. And if, if you live in a city where you don't have access to go into watch an MLS or a USL game, but you do have access to go see an indoor game, I encourage people to go watch. It's fun as a player. I think it's really exciting as a fan. And it's all part of what our overall goal should be in this country, which is to grow soccer, period. And it's another avenue where people have to come watch and play soccer and it's a good level it's a really it's a much better level than i anticipated there was a guy just before just when i signed a guy who was playing for the ontario fury team who signed with lafc and now he's been coming off the bench adrian perez and playing for lafc so that tells you a little bit about about the level love it man well that's that's great ld good luck uh good luck in the indoor venture and and greatly appreciate your time and, and and your thoughts on everything Hey, don't be, don't be a stranger. Come, come, come see us out at a galaxy or an LAFC game. We got, we got a, a good spot waiting for you to come hang and watch some soccer too. All right. You convince my wife and I'll be there. (laughs) It all, we're all the same in that that manner. We're all the same. It always comes back around to that. Doesn't it? As I always say at at best, I have 49% in any decision. So that's the way it goes. Uh, Thanks again. Nice to be the minority share owner of every decision. (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) all right man have a good one thanks guys i appreciate it man what a good dude dk glad we could get him on obviously to have uh the best ever for the u.s men's national team join us here on the believe sports podcast network is is a true feather in our cap for the early days of our podcast here but you know you've had the luxury of playing with them you had the luxury or maybe not the luxury of playing against him. <laughs> the guy is just a, a class more, act. Great soccer player, but an even better human. More, more of the latter, right? I, I was, uh, I mean, the games against them were always brutal. And and what Landon, Landon was so hard for a goalkeeper because he was unselfish. So he'd get in a situation where you're like, he's got to go to goal. I got to make a decision. And then he would just tee somebody else up. And typically, in my case, it was Robbie Keane. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Landon's, uh, the, I mean, he touched on it. There's a reason why he was as good as he was. And part of it is, yeah, some, some talent, but man, this guy committed, he was all in and, uh, he, he led by, he led by example that way. And, and he carried, carried a lot of weight on his shoulders throughout his career because of it. Um, and, uh, you could hear just like, you know, how much he's enjoying being out there and just playing. That's what he loves doing. Um, but yeah, he's absolute ledge. Great to have him on. All right, let's, uh, let's turn our attention to major league soccer and talk a little bit about, uh, the games coming up on the weekend. By the way, we didn't even say in rehashing what we saw last weekend, Hey, a little golf clap. San Jose Earthquakes got their first win of the season, DK. Dude, and I almost picked them. <laughs> I almost picked that, that been, I almost that picked Portland. No, I almost picked Portland to beat them, and that would have been the joke is if I picked that game, I, I would have been like Ofer on the uh, extra credit pick. Um, <laughs> but, man, and, and like Portland is in such a bad way. Uh, they, someone was going to try to get something out of that game and, and San Jose finally smashed and grabbed it. But there, that was a terrible game to watch too. Uh, Saturday night, all eyes will be on really Southern California from Carson to downtown LA. I believe it, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, this is the first time this season, uh, that both the galaxy and LASC will both be playing home matches at the same time on the same day. Uh, so while they don't match up against each other, it's kind of the battle, the El Trafico fan battle here, probably to see which is the more lit environment and which is going to be the better game on the night, probably for Saturday night. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think in terms the better game will be LA galaxy versus Philadelphia union. I think LAFC is going to absolutely just slaughter Cincinnati. Um, that's my, that's my expectation. Not to give away uh, in my thoughts on on picks, but Philly's a scrappy team, um, and they always compete, and they actually perform a little bit better when their backs are up against the wall. I feel like, and so they'll come here with a little chip on their shoulder and 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 put up a good fight against the Galaxy. Well, let's look at that game specifically. Uh, Philadelphia a team that has I don't know they've been they've been a little bit up and down as far as their their results so far this season. Uh, but the Galaxy being at home, I feel like Dignity Health Sports Park is always, uh, whether it was the StubHub, Home Depot Center in past years, that's always been a tough place to come. Um, and, and I know Landon was talking, or you were talking about it earlier, that, that uh, you know, there was a time where the Galaxy started to be better on the road than they were at home. But I feel like they're back to that mold of they're going to make an opponent really work and really grind to take one point, much less three. Yeah, and that, I mean... This is the nature of their club has been a, a team that is not necessarily at the top of, of the league, but they're oh, a little background noise rogues breaking it in, <laughs> <laughs> catching up some uh, catching up on some highlights on MLS uh, MLS soccer dot com. Um, but Philly under Jim Curtin, like the, the, the team has the team has a certain sense of spirit. And um, they kind of know where they are in the league, too. And and when I say that, meaning they know that they're not necessarily um, a, a top 
a top top side right but that means that they kind of get on the same page and they pull in the same direction and then the one thing that they did this offseason um that that surprised probably everybody was sign marco fabian um to 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 bring in a player of of his quality and his class and uh is is something that the club has never really done before in my in my opinion so um maybe there's more intent there from ownership to to invest in this side and then um i mean bedoya scored an unbelievable goal at the weekend to take down fc dallas um and they you know they they just scrap so they they won't really roll over for anybody and they should nick a playoff spot in the eastern conference i think that's the kind of team that they are i feel like when you look at philadelphia and maybe that's why ownership is is doing this uh, bringing in a player like marco fabian is because they've been a team for you know they haven't had a long history in major league soccer it's probably been what about mm, eight nine years now they've been in the league right um but but they're a team that really has never been able to push over the hump, right? I think they got to an Open Cup final a, a, a couple of years couple, ago. A couple Open Cup finals. Yeah, and, but but they've never, as far as MLS play, like they've never been a team where you're like, oh, you know, all of what Toronto has done, right? Toronto had struggles for many, many years, and then in the last four, four years, they've become a team that you're like, they're going to be there in the East to contend, and obviously they ultimately win an MLS Cup a couple of seasons ago. But I feel like Philadelphia has never been able to get over that hump to be a team where you you say they're a force to be reckoned with. Well, Jim, Jim Curtin's probably the first coach that's really brought some consistency there. If you think yeah. about it, they had a little bit of a revolving door coaching issues up and down. And then, I mean, every time you have coaching changes, then you have roster changes and uh, essentially what you want to do in, in major league soccer, this is, you know, in, in my opinion, my experience is that the teams that can build some, some core group of guys that are, not that are that are well balanced uh, a good group in terms of locker room uh, morale atmosphere and then build you know kind of pluck pieces like marco fabian to to implement into that group then you can have some some longer term success and i think that's where jim Curtin's at and that he he got a contract extension this offseason probably because of it is because he's taken a lot of young players and he's brought them into he's brought them into the side and some of them you know Andre Blake's one of one of the players that have really done well under him. Sure. Um, and then you have the Medun Janines uh, of Medu- the world. Medunianin. 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 Yeah. We did we did we that did game, a game together. A yeah, we did together. That's right. Yeah, we, that's right. We chewed, on, we chewed on his last name up and down the field. Yeah. Medunianin. That's exactly right. And and he's like you know older vet player. You have Bedoya and you have now you have Fabian. Uh, Marco Fabian and uh, the, the the team has something about them, but they're still this side that like they need eight, nine good performances to get a to get an away result against a team like the Galaxy. All right, well let's uh, let's keep with the theme that we did last week when it was just you and I. Uh, we went through the game and then threw out our picks on top of it. Uh, by mm-hmm. the way, you picked the Galaxy to be two one winners last week. They win two nothing, so you do get a point for the correct pick. But uh, no point for the correct score. I picked the Galaxy to win one nothing. They win 2 nothing. So the same situation there. We both picked up a point. Uh, there's still a three-point gap in the standings between you and I. Love being an underdog. I know you do. I know you. But I have a feeling you're going to kind of make this run. And I'm going to, you know, <laughs> all of this, all of the success I have had here, it can't continue on forever, can it? 
Well, we'll see. We're going to find out. <laughs> okay. So uh, who do you who, who do you like in this game, and what's your scoreline? Yeah, I'm going to take Galaxy 2-0. Uh, I think Philly will come in and be scrappy, but um, Galaxy's midfield starting to fire, and, and they're firing in possession and controlling tempo and game, and the Lion will be likely in the lineup. Uh, I, I just like their chances at home. 2-0, Galaxy win. I will uh, stick with a Galaxy win myself, but I think that Philly does have the ability to get a goal. So uh, I'm going to go to that 2-1 scoreline. Moving on to LAFC. um, And they get an opportunity for another first in their short MLS history as uh, FC Cincinnati come to town. And FC Cincinnati, surprisingly to me, I think we both thought after the first couple of weeks, we're like, oh, this is a team you could probably pick against every single week. But they have found somewhat of their stride and they're kind of a 500 team right now, right? They've had a, mi- a mixed, mixed bag of results. What do you, what do you see happening in that match? Well, I think since he's going to have to play really defensive and try to get something on the counter with Lamar and Maddox, uh, you know, breaking out into the attack. Um, the, I think this is actually a game that can really hurt since he, uh, they, they've, they've kind of made you believe that they have something in their side um, You're I'm not still, buying it. I, I'm still, you know, I'm still a bit, you know, questionable of, of of how good they can be this year. Just when I look at their at their roster, but um, I, I honestly, I mean, I'm going to go with a little bit of conviction here, but I'm going to say LAFC three nothing. Um, and I, I just don't see how Cincy can hurt LAFC unless it's uh, just a mistake on LAFC's part. So I think they'll get the shutout at home. And then this this LAFC side, they're they're just they're gelling, man. Yeah, no, they they are. Um, and you have to remember, like since he tied Sporting Kansas City, but it was after Sporting Kansas City had was absolutely thumped uh, by Monterey, and then Peter Peter, yes. Peter Vermees Peter Vermees changed nearly the entire lineup because he wanted to rest them for the next Monterey game to give themselves a chance in in Champions League. So since he hosted a second a second team in Sporting KC and it was a 1-1 draw and, and in fact Sporting KC should have won that game. So, uh, you know, maybe results aren't telling the true story here. Yeah, I think I'm I'm going to agree with you there. Um so you said 3 nothing. Hmm. You know what? I think that Sport, I think that FC Cincinnati is going to be very cautious and almost a similar approach to what we saw from Real Salt Lake inside Bank of California Stadium a couple of weeks ago. Remember, that was when Walker Zimmerman needed the late winner to win the game two one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think they're they're gonna they're gonna keep you know kind of a lot of numbers back behind the ball. Uh, try and make it difficult for LAFC to break them down in the final third. And sometimes if you follow LAFC, they do get a little bit frustrated at that point. So I'm going to call it a 2 nothing win for the black and gold in this one. Oh, I feel and, good about this week. <laughs> by the way, I, I think a part of FC Cincinnati's also struggles is the off-field stuff with Fernando Adi. Um, certainly not good. He misses the match there against Sporting Kansas City, and you wonder what kind of residual effect that might have carrying over. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I, I know well, he has. And that's really... what when I when I say when I say their squad's thin, it doesn't matter, right? If player gets in trouble, player gets hurt, player gets suspended, whatever the case is, when your squad's thin and you lose a key player, look at the Galaxy last year. Right. You know, I, I mean, 
one or two players can make or break your season in Major League Soccer. And LAFC have done such a great job in insulating that I- issue, right? I mean, if they lost Vela, that would be it, it could be devastating. It could be the difference between being a, a championship team and a championship contender. But mm-hmm. um, when you're a team like Cincy, you need every single one of your top three players. And if you don't have them, you're going to be in trouble. So it's your, yeah, your, 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 your point is spot on. All right. So we uh, go to our third and final picks. Those are the, of course, the quote unquote wild card picks where I have been absolutely on fire. If you've been following along with our picks here, you would know that if you took my wild card pick every week, you would be <laughs> cashing money uh, as the great Brent Musburger, as the Brenting. great Brent Musburger always says, cashing tickets is what it's all about. Um, what do you have for me for a little wild card action? Oh, it's so week, easy. Okay? week i mean i just get so confident with these wild card picks that Candy houston, from up houston, the houston is going to put the absolute beat down on san jose oh you see, stole we're mine gonna, you stole we're gonna it. see we're gonna see san jose's true colors again and uh i'll say i mean uh, i'll be nice here i'll, I'll say 2-1 victory houston over san jose 2-1 for houston over san jose the old the old, the old robbery yeah, huh? yeah, you know, um, we kind of somewhat because this is uh, our first venture in the podcast world together, so we kind of make up some rules on the fly. So I'm going to make up a rule right here that says if one guy throws out a wild card before the other, you cannot pick that same yeah, game. Yeah. I, Although I think early on in the season, whoever's but, losing, whoever's losing in the race should always get the first pick. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. We'll put that in the bylaws. Um, so then that forces me to go away from my pick of Houston. Uh, at scrambling home, people. We got him. Right right no, cause want. I, I, no, you know me, I'm about prep. So I, I had a backup pick already ready. Standard. And that, ba- that backup pick is going to be uh, Minnesota United at home. Allianz field. They play host to NYCFC. While I think NYCFC has improved in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I also think that Minnesota United, along with Houston for that matter, is one of the two West Conference sleepers as far as underrated underrated teams. And um, so I'm going to say a 3-1 win for Minnesota United. Wow, that's a this is a bold pick, folks. Park your money in your bank account. Do not bet on that one. <laughs> Uh, based on my results so far, Dan, you probably should. So we got, we got, we got Dynamo with a two-one win here for Dan Kennedy, and then Rogan Dino goes with Minnesota United for a three. I said three-one win, didn't I? Three-one win. Yeah, yeah, beat down. Um, there at home against NYCFC. All right, all right, I like it. I like where we're, I like where we're headed here. Um, any last thoughts? No, buddy. Just another beautiful, beautiful Southern California week uh, weekend coming up. Excited about it, and uh, yeah, listeners, just hit hit us up with any questions. We got to get some. Uh, we got to get some fans on here, Rogues. Let's do it. Let's do it. That'll be the that'll be the goal for the next coming weeks. We get a get a fan to drop in and shed some knowledge here, and probably bring some credibility to the podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, enjoy the games this weekend. As always, thanks for joining us here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. For Dan Kennedy, Landon Donovan, our very special guest here on this one, uh, I'm Mark Rogandino. We'll do it all again next week right back here on Believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.